Father Boniface. Thanks, Terry. Great to be with you and all of those who are taking the time to tune in and follow our little reflections on Unbound. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a wonderful thing. Thanks for being with us again. Hey, last time we continued our discussion that we were having on spiritual bondage, sin, woundedness, and our response to those wounds. And then the discussion went toward a couple of great spiritual books by St. Francis de Sales and Father Jacques Philippe. And both of these books reinforce the idea that we are profoundly loved by God and that that can result in maintaining the element of spiritual peace in one's life and how reading great spiritual books can help to reinforce and solidify our spiritual freedom in Christ. So today I thought maybe we could focus on something positive and uh, talk about the truly important part of spiritual peace and freedom in our lives, which is the Father's love. And if you don't mind me asking, in your own life, can you recall when you realized the Father's love for you on a personal level? Thanks, Terry. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful topic for us to reflect on. And of course, it goes along with the fifth key of Unbound, in which the basic elements of the Father's blessing are our identity, which is defined by the Father's love for us. And then, of course, also our destiny or our mission, which is to bring that love into the world, that God has good things planned for us, that we are loved infinitely and that we are made to love infinitely, to love as he loves us. And so that really is, in a sense, the whole focus of Unbound. That's the way I see it. Right. Everything else is about getting the obstacles out of the way breaking that bondage so that we can really live in our identity as beloved of the Father and then live out our destiny to share that love with others. And I think to really see that as the end point is so helpful in understanding what we're doing in the meantime. Just as a little side note, you know, we mentioned St. Francis de Sales and Father Jacques Philippe, who I, again, warmly recommend to our listeners that their writing is just so accessible, especially Father Jacques Philippe. But I find St. Francis de Sales, so much of his writing is so accessible, also speaking about the Father's love for us. Of course, we all should know Neil Lozano's book, Abba's Heart, which is very beautiful, very beautiful. Right, right. A lot of beautiful things about the way the Father loves, a lot of stories to make that really accessible to us and tie in with our experience. And then... I would just also mention as kind of a side note, you know, and we, we talked about it a couple podcasts ago, the Ignatian exercises and Father Timothy Gallagher writes about them so beautifully. But with St. Ignatius as well, his starting point for the spiritual exercises, and we could say kind of the goal at the end, is the same as that fifth key. He calls it the principle and foundation. And the principle is fundamentally that we are loved by God and the foundation is that we are made to glorify God and we do that especially by love. So really very similar kind of approach. And uh, I just mentioned that because we shouldn't imagine that Unbound has emerged as something that is uh, broken from the tradition or is sort of coming out of nowhere or but is a it's expressed in modern language and it's tied together with some 
keys some principles that are that are important and for its own ministry, but it just is so harmonious with other elements of our spiritual tradition in the Catholic faith. So just want to yeah. put that yeah. out there in, in terms of your question about the Father's love. Personally, I didn't associate the love that I experienced from my parents and from others who really, I lived a, a very blessed life I think at you know the familial level, my parents are very good, loving people. Then even my dad was in the Navy, so we moved several times when I was growing up. My parents' primary concern for choosing a house was based on the school district, literally. Mm-hmm. They, they investigated the school district that they would be going into, and they found the best school district. And then my dad commuted farther, or they paid more money for a house so that they could provide for us that way. You know, that's a sign of their love, but it also meant that the teachers that I had were great teachers and the schools that I attended were great schools. And I also played soccer growing up. I had great soccer coaches. Again, my parents were really careful about giving me positive influences, you know, making sure the parents of my friends were the kinds of people that would reinforce the sorts of things that my parents were doing with me in terms of their love and care for me. So they were really modeling God the Father's love and putting me in the context of people who would model God the Father's love. I was experiencing that all over the place growing up, you know. Awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, I can only understand that looking back because I didn't, they, they didn't bring me to church because they themselves didn't have any context for church. They weren't raised in a Christian church, you know, and, and in a Christian society and certainly with Christian morals and not with any anti-Christian sentiment. It just wasn't part of their upbringing. And so they didn't quite know how to do that. They tried for a couple of years when I was in uh, middle school and I was kind of not interested in church. I mean, probably most seventh and eighth graders aren't interested in church, but I really wasn't interested in church over many years. And my parents were a little, uh, having themselves been away from it for so long, didn't have quite the same moral authority to tell me this was important for my life, you know? So (laughs) uh, anyway, I just didn't, I didn't really connect to those great experiences of uh, love that I received from father figures and parental figures in my life with God until I was in college and a total stranger came up and invited me to a one-on-one Bible study with him. And he was a great model also. I mean, a very humble, generous, authentic, really a very loving man. And he was a help for me. And But kind of in a totally interior space, after my junior year of college, I did a study abroad. I was in Germany over the summer. And just in a time of prayer, I really opened my heart to the Lord. I had gone through some struggles. I kind of reached out to God. I didn't have some of the human supports there. And I just, I experienced his presence in my heart. And it was at the same time, something really new because I was able to say, wow, this is God. That's, that's what's going on. You know, this, this is God. So that was new. But at the same time, I realized, wow, this, this has kind of been there. (laughs) for a long time. I, I've heard this voice before. I never connected this with God. I just learned, finally learned all of these, you know, points of Christian doctrine and done this Bible study. And I had this concept of who God was. And now I had this experience of this, this voice inside of me, this presence within me. And I was able to kind of fit those two things together. And I thought, 
wow, that's amazing. And it, it was a voice that challenged me. I asked for the challenge. I, I spontaneously had the desire to be better for him. And I asked, what do I need to change in my life? Like, what can I do to be better? And that was just, it just welled up out of me. And then I uh, got, got some challenge from that. He, he gave me some things that needed to change. And I was kind of struck by that, surprised. And then also a little bit like, wow, I don't know. I felt like the rich young man, you know, I didn't quite go away sad, <laughs> but I, I did say to him, I know I can't do that on my own. I'm going to need help with that. I had, I had asked the Lord's help in some concrete ways. And then that help was, was provided, you know, and so was really crying out to God and seeing his concrete action in my life. But then in this experience in prayer, where I was already much relieved, again, at a natural level, mm. but then this, the spiritual consolation, as uh, Father Gallagher says, you know, non-spiritual consolation is the seedbed for spiritual consolation, as, you know, non-spiritual desolation is the seedbed for spiritual desolation. But um, so really after the kind of resolution of some natural struggles and through a supernatural means, I mean, I really saw God's answering my prayers, but it was different for God to answer my prayer, even though I could even see this is his hand that provided this. That was different than that personal encounter where it was really him speaking to me, just the two of us. Oh. It wasn't just him providing like the, you know, the U.S. government provides your tax refund. You know, I know that's the U.S. government, but it's faceless and at a distance. You know, this encounter was personal and I had a, a face and a voice, as it were. And so that opened me up to really start talking to the Lord more at a very personal level and even about very mundane details in life. You know, like what should I buy for lunch which way should I walk to class? You know, I mean, just these really simple, concrete things like asking for a parking space, but also asking to, for direction, looking for it to be directed. So, and that, that was really a wellspring. That's when I started thinking about my vocation because I thought, wow, you know, this experience of God in prayer is so important that I would love to spend my life sharing this with others. And the idea of priesthood came to my mind. Of course, that's not the only way you can share God's love with people, but that's what came to my mind, you know, in that moment. And that's also significant. So, um, but that was really the first very personal encounter that I had of, uh, of God, of God's presence. And then it was a, a presence that was powerful, tangible, thick, substantial, but but also, yeah, just very loving, challenging even, but very, very loving. I felt totally safe and that he was on my side, living in me and loving in me. Right. You know, you talked about feeling totally safe and how your parents were so giving and loving and created such a safety for you in your development, in your family situation as a child. Um, there are lots of people who have very difficult relationships with their own fathers, uh, suffering abuse at their hands, and often they have difficulty transferring that, you know, that sense of fear and, and loathing and anger and grief that they experience for their own father, and they have a lot of difficulty accepting the love of the Father God. Can you speak to that? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's certainly very important and something that we've brought out in, in little ways in our 
previous discussions and it's worth revisiting for people that might have missed that. I, I said that very intentionally about my parents and the kinds of people they put in my life. There were difficulties and my parents are certainly not perfect. And I have my own little things here and there that uh, I've had to work through and heal from and, and grow in. But you're so right. I mean, now abuse is, is the extreme, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole other end of the spectrum. Right. And that carries all of its own stuff of, of trauma and the way that, you know, the body reacts, the, the emotions uh, react, the brain responds and, and develops certain pathways. I mean, there's a whole, that's a whole lot of stuff that's there. Right, right. Um, but as a, as a retired school teacher, it's not as rare as you might think. It may yeah. be extreme, but it really isn't rare. Yeah, I think it's yeah, one in one in three or one in four, you know, women, one in four, one in three women, one in four men, something like that. No, you're you're absolutely right. There's a there's a lot of that. I just wanted to recognize there's a there's a whole lot that goes with that, you know. Yeah. A, and and so there there isn't sort of a continuum that's uh, quite as obvious from from my experience to some of those very difficult experiences. And I want to reverence that and not speak like an expert because I'm not an expert on trauma. So just want to uh, reverence that. I think, you know, certain things happen from my experience of, uh, of people who have not had maybe bad fathers is one thing. Absent fathers is another thing Uh, or, or bad mothers or absent mothers. You know, I mean, that also has its own dynamics to it. And what I have seen, I'm thinking of one young man who, whose father was alcoholic and abusive and even died then when he was young, but he had a pastor who really loved him and took care of him and was there for him. And it's amazing how, you know, the Lord does have a way of providing coaches and uncles and grandparents and priests and teachers and and friends and, you know, big brothers, big, big sisters, that, that the Lord has a way of providing some experience for a lot of people. And, and sometimes that becomes the thing that, that needs to, to grow and build on. I'm thinking of another uh, woman that I, I prayed through Unbound with. Now, she has had an excellent spiritual director who's been a tremendous blessing in her life and really solidified a lot of things where her, her father, who was unfaithful, a lot to her mother. And then there was a whole thing covering that up and a lot of uh, complications there, but she was kind of brought into that in a particular way because um, she felt like she, it was her fault that he wasn't faithful, you know? So that was part of how that got taken into her heart. And I prayed through Unbound with her. We worked through a lot of that. She was really ready to work through it in part because she has a wonderful spiritual director who's kind of solidified some of those things, been experience of the Father for her. Then we, we prayed through Unbound and she was able to renounce some things and forgive some things and, and some really beautiful growth there. And then like a year later, continuing to consolidate that, she's in a position that she just wrote to me, her father wants to come out and she developed a lot of this kind of perfectionism and in order to, the, the underlying mentality, the lie that was driving it is if you were better, your father would have been faithful, you know, mm. so that kind of driving perfectionism and she's really let go of a lot of that. She's accepted things like she's accepted an apartment and a job that are much more humble than her father would accept. And she, he's, he wants to come out and visit. And he's been kind of estranged from the family. And anyway, 
she had to really struggle because she knows that he will disapprove of her situation. He will disapprove of her house and he will disapprove of her job. But for the first time, she was able to see that and separate from that because she has a father in heaven who loves her. And she's been able to find approval from him in her littleness, in her imperfections, in her weakness. So she has that, that freedom that's kind of like an ongoing overflow into her life of the Father's blessing and the fruits of Unbound and the work of her spiritual director and, you know, a lot of things kind of that the Lord provides to, to build that up. But anyway, it's a beautiful example of how someone who didn't have the kind of loving supports that I had finds healing and, and Unbound was a key part of that. So Unbound was a part of it and her spiritual director was a part of it and it, it all sort of works together in Lord's providence to heal this kind of pain because I've seen people who have a wall built up for self-protection and that wall may have served to protect them emotionally from their abusive father or whatever right. else, right. but it also shuts out love. Right. And it shuts out the ability to give and receive love across the boards in, in, in personal relationships with other people as well as God. That's right. Yeah, you said that very beautifully. I love to reinforce that with people. It's like we can't just tear down all the defenses all of a sudden. And that's where I love Neil's approach in Unbound is we're just going to pray through what's coming up today. <laughs> we're only going to work through what God wants us to work through, you know, and what somebody's ready to work through. And that's why we have to be a little gentle and patient. Some of these things took a long time to build up and we have to kind of peel the layers away as we're ready to. We peel a layer away and then we fortify, strengthen ourselves. You know, God strengthens us and our friends strengthen us. And then we can peel another layer away. But those defenses are there for a reason. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, that's so important for people leading Unbound Prayer that you, you may have a gift of discernment and see something, but if it's not person-led, you know, the person you're praying for leading, that they may not be ready to deal with what you've discerned. Perfectly said. Yeah, absolutely. That's a... And, and that's why, it, well, just as you said, I'll, I'll just say the same thing. You know, the leader needs to follow, the leader is not the leader. Uh, the, the person receiving prayer is the leader in that sense. The leader is facilitating, letting that person lead to see where, what are they ready to really tackle? You know, what are they ready? What's the, what's the Lord doing? That's where our, we're listening to the Holy Spirit speaking through the person who has brought this forward and is, is seeking freedom, seeking healing. And sometimes that's difficult for people who want to help so badly. That's right. You know, it's like, oh, I get to fix this person and they're going to be all better. And, and, and I could show God's love by helping them to be all better. And there takes, takes a little bit of prudence and just kind of stepping back and letting the Lord lead. There's subtleties to it that the Spirit can let you know about if you're open and not just going forth with your ideas. That's right. And, you know, the thing is, the more that you pray with people, the more that you talk with people, the more that you understand people, the more readily you can see how some of those things are configured. But we just have to be so gentle and so careful to not dismantle people's structures 
in a kind of overzealous effort to set them free from everything at the same time. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, you, you build up those uh, Jenga or something like that. <laughs> you know, if you, if you pull out too many of those Jenga things, the whole thing collapses. It's like, you got to kind of test like, where's the loose one? Yeah, I think we can, I think we can let this one out, you know? Oh, yeah, I wish I'd have known that earlier in my life. Because <laughs> yes. I mean, very often I've been a bull in a china shop, trying <laughs> parenting and, and whatever. We can always learn more 60 plus years old and I'm still learning <laughs> how to do this, you know? <laughs> well, that's such a humble witness that you give. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. It, you know, but then it's, it's amazing if we have that kind of patience and we're, you know, we're willing to let the process unfold and let the Holy Spirit take the lead and we honor, you know, if we really see each person as their own expert, you know, nobody knows your humanity better than you do. You've been living in it your whole life, right? And if we, if we take that attitude that you're the expert, now I have some things to offer you, but I've got some experience. I'm all also a student of human nature in a broad way, but you're the expert into you. And now I need to work with your insight and work with, you know, what's coming up in your heart and, and work with that to help you see, oh, this is the, the little log that I can pull out today. This is the one I can slip out. This is the area that I can find some freedom. Then we can also marvel like, wow, every, every person is so unique and, and every person is so gifted really in kind of knowing themselves just with a little help that we can offer. Yeah, and which leads me to in the unbound prayer, especially in the fifth key in the Father's blessing, and it's such a vital part of the ministry. I've had a, a, a variety of experiences with this, and sometimes it seems like either myself or someone else on the team, one of the intercessors, gets this word from God, like the Holy Spirit seems to just fill that person's mind with just the right words to say, to express the father's love to that person in such a meaningful way. Things that they've said that they've renounced or that they've forgiven or whatever. It's like the Lord just speaks to their own heart and it's so personalized. And at other times that doesn't seem to happen. There's always the universal blessings that can be spoken to the person in their situation, like you are a beloved child of God, which everyone is. So that all those people can actually receive that blessing. But sometimes it's like, I got nothing. (laughs) Do you have any advice on developing a deeper ability to hear from the Holy Spirit when ministering the Father's blessing? Yeah. Normally the Father's blessing is the place that the intercessors can kind of come in as well. And so that's, that's also helpful. They've been kind of taking things in and maybe hearing some words from the Lord and are in a place also to kind of support that, or maybe even, you know, they have a little bit of a gift for that. And so we'll get a little help there in the Father's blessing. And, you know, we all have to kind of figure out where our gifts are, but I usually find if I can start talking, <laughs> then uh, that sort of gets things moving in my heart. And then I kind of feel things and I see things internally and that guides words have a feeling for me. And so I know when I'm saying something that is imposing rather than inviting and I can feel whether it's like kind of 
consoling, caressing, as opposed to maybe being too too harsh or too pushy or too flat or whatever. Anyway, that's just part of the way that I work. I mean, words are important to me and I feel those things. But I usually find if I can start talking. And so what you said about being a beloved child of the Heavenly Father is always a starting point. I know I can start there. And I also like to go back to the beginning before a person had a relationship with anyone else. Because a lot of times, maybe in severe ways, like you were discussing with abuse, our parents have been an obstacle for us. Sometimes just in their own limitations and sinfulness, they've been an obstacle for us. A lot of times that's somewhere in the unbound prayers is dealing with some parental things. But I like to go back to the very beginning, before we had a relationship, even with our mother in her womb, we had a relationship with God. God is the one who formed us, who knew us, who created us. We came forth from the hand of God into our mother's womb. And so I like to start there. And that I think that helps to kind of lift that out. You know, a lot of times our relationships with our parents kind of hover over us. And starting with our relationship with God, it kind of lifts us above our relationship with our parents and helps us to see through our parents, God did place us in our mother's womb, right? But before we had that relationship, we had a relationship with him. So a lot of times I start out saying, and I like to take on the voice of the father. I just I feel the Lord moving me to do that. And I'll say, I hear the father saying to you, I formed you in your mother's womb. I molded you with my own hands, with love. Each movement, each thing I did in you was a caress. You're just expressing how much love was there, how much personal love was there from the moment of creation. And then sometimes there are different points in the story that came up in childhood. Maybe I can just acknowledge that God was there, that he had a plan for their life, that he was there to heal them. He was providing this time. I just like to touch some places in their story and show how God's love was there. And God's love is here now, and God's love will be there in the future. And I like to express that about the destiny. I have good plans for your life. I have beautiful things prepared for you. I've made you for love. And I see you already the way that you're growing. I see you in your freedom. I can see that how you're stepping into that freedom. And you're a gift for others. You're made to be a gift. And, you know, anyway, things along those lines. I, and then that, that gets more and more personalized as I have also the data of, of our Unbound session, you know, people's personal journey kind of in my heart and in my mind. That's beautiful. I love the idea of bringing in past, present, and future, who they are, and not just talking about who they are, but what they are becoming and who they are becoming and their destiny. I think, could you maybe go more into that in specifics? Like, how would you give them the blessing of their destiny? Yeah. I always try to be careful in the way I express this. And I learned this, you know, we talked about Conrad Bars in an earlier podcast. And this is right. I really learned from his uh, understanding of affirmation. And that's to really, sometimes we, we have to be a little careful in talking about destiny that we don't make it sound like you will be good in the future or, <laughs> you know, that we place a kind of burden on somebody about how much uh, they are going to become something or they need to become something or anyway, we, I always think of it as like watering the roots. 
and you water the roots by affirming the person as they are now unconditionally. You are already good now. You are already beloved now. And then I try to keep things much more open. And sometimes I have, a, you know, the, I feel there's a supernatural grace and I have some insight into where things are going or I can affirm, you know, a movement that's already taking place. But normally speaking, I try to say, I have good plans for you. I see you being even more loving in the future. You're growing into this whatever. Something is, you know, there's a process that's underway. And I try not to put any kind of mold or any glass ceiling on that. You know, I don't want people to be root bound and, and prevent their growth because I sort of force them into a particular mold or a particular shape. So I really see the destiny as being something very open, made to love or maybe there's a process like i said already in place you're you're growing so much in your sensitivity to people i see how you're growing in self-knowledge i see how you're growing in your in your relationship with god in prayer and and that's going to keep expanding as you continue to grow with him and walk with him anyway just to see i'm i'm just opening up a greater horizon is the is the destiny Mm. very good um, Father, finally, I wonder if you can give our listeners any general spiritual direction in deepening the love of the Father in our own lives as Unbound team members and prayer ministers. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Again, it's nice to receive it from another person. That key in particular is one that's really nice to receive from another person. But we can also reinforce, you know, one of the ways that we got stuck was by reinforcing lies. <laughs> Somebody spoke a lie into our life in one way or another. And then we reinforce that by, by hearing it, repeating it, adding our own will to it, our own freedom to it. A lot of times um, we do that. Well, we can reinforce the Father's blessing in our life too. You know, somebody, especially at an unbound session, you know, all of our prayer leaders have been through an unbound session. We've heard from the outside, the Father's love spoken into our life. And really we've received that in countless other ways as well. Um, but to reinforce that, to be intentional about that. You know, St. Ignatius of Loyola in all of his spiritual exercises, he always starts by saying, place yourself beneath the loving gaze of the Father. And so that's a good prayer exercise for us to do even every day. Place yourself beneath the loving gaze of the Father. That's an unconditional look of love. And if we find ourselves getting kind of caught there, we say, gosh, I have a hard time believing that he's looking on me with love because I feel wretched for one reason or another. Well, that's, you know, there's something that's bound there. And that's, uh, you know, something we may need to, we can take a look at and kind of hold before the Lord and say, wow, you know, I need, maybe need to look at this with somebody. I need some helps here, some light here, but, but just reinforcing that. And there, there are personal ways that he's spoken to us, you know, maybe a personal name or a personal word he's spoken to our life, a, a blessing that the Lord has given us. Maybe it's a, uh, an image of his, of his love. Maybe it's an experience of his embrace. And just to make that a part of our daily prayer lives, that we really intentionally place ourselves in the Father's embrace and under the Father's gaze, that we open our hearts to receive the Father's love. I love to repeat the phrase to people, let him love you. Let him love you. Just let him love you. <laughs> and so just, just with that attitude, I think you know, the Holy Spirit can fill in some of the personal details for us, but let him love you. Be intentional about that. God so, is, 
loving us every day. So on a practical level, um, if someone's feeling wretched <laughs> and unloved and, you know, in order to put themselves into that space where they feel that God loves them, they may have to just use their imagination and say, okay, I'm going to fight against this wretched feeling that I have, unlovableness, and imagine the Father's love without this wretchedness and actually put yourself into that space and realize that that's not just your imagination. That is really true. That's right. The Father always loves us more than we could ever imagine. Always, always, unconditionally, infinitely. So we can't out-imagine, over-imagine God's love for us. Um, so that's part of it. And then, like I said, you know, if we are having some of those feelings, they may be tied in with, you know, some things that are creeping in. It's a good time to do a little internal assessment. Is there something we need to renounce, to forgive? Is there some reason, something that got triggered, something that put us in this space? Uh, we may need to look at that. And then we have to realize also, you know, this is, we can, we can uh, predispose ourselves to God's love, but we can't force ourselves to have spiritual consolation. That's part of what we're talking about here is spiritual consolation. That's not entirely in our control. So right. um, w the best we may be able to do is push against the desolation. And, you know, St. Ignatius describes in rule number six, praising God, meditating on his divine qualities, asking for help, little suitable penance, checking, you know, internally, have I gone down a, a bad path? Have I, you know, done something to get myself here? Um, so we need to make that internal adjustment. But we may also need to endure in patience some of those feelings and some of that, that spiritual desolation that might be confronting us. But we can make our own effort at least to imagine the Father's love, to repeat those words in our hearts, in our minds, uh, to place ourselves beneath his loving gaze. Yeah, because, you know, somebody told me one time when I was going through a particularly cranky day that if you smile, even when you don't feel like smiling, sometimes your emotions catch up with your body. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know. right. So sometimes it takes a little bit more work, I think. Yeah, we certainly can make sure to do our part, knowing that our part has limits. Even when you force yourself to smile, you may not feel better, but sometimes you do. So smile. <laughs> and if that works, great. And if not, maybe there's another approach. And, you know, in the end, we need to be ready to be patient and right. trust that God has a plan and he is... He is with us and he's working with us. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't know his, his will sometimes and, and, and we're feeling like, oh no, something's really wrong, but the Lord is just working with us in a way that we don't understand. That's right. So, okay, Father, I know we're running out of time. So could you please uh, say a prayer and, and give us a blessing? Heavenly Father, help us to grow in your love, to trust in your love, and to receive your love today. Pour out your blessing on all of our listeners, on all of our Unbound Prayer leaders, on all of those interested in growing in freedom. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen.